The views expressed in this interview are those of the individuals and do not reflect the official policy or position of the U.S. government, the Department of Defense, the U.S. Navy, or the Naval Postgraduate School. Welcome to the Trident Room, brewer of stout conversation, unfiltered and on tap. On today's episode, Trident Room host Sydney Workins sits down with Ronald Morales. All right. Good morning. My name is Sydney Merkins, and this morning on the Trident Room podcast, I have the International Affairs Program Advisor, Ronal Morales. Ronal, it's great to have you here this morning. Thank you, Sydney. Appreciate the invite. Yeah, absolutely. So this morning, we're going to be talking about pretty much all things FAO. For those of you that don't know, FAO is the Foreign Area Officer Program. Um, and we're also going to be discussing things Rayo and FAST as well, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So, Ronal, if you wouldn't mind, can you please give our audience a brief overview of who you are and what your background is? Hi, Sini. First and foremost, thank you for the invitation. Allow me to talk about the Marine Corps Foreign Area Officer Program and Associated Programs. As you mentioned, my name is Ronal Morales. I was born and raised in Peru. When I was 17, we moved to the U.S. A couple of years later, I joined the U.S. Marine Corps, where I had the honor of serving for 25 years with some of the most amazing group of people. Most relevant to this topic, uh, in 2012, I was selected as one of the first foreign area staff non-commissioned officers in the Marine Corps. With Africa being my assigned regional study, I attended Naval Postgraduate School in Monterey, California to complete the Regional Studies Graduate Certificate Program. Following MPS, I attended an immersive French language course and completed my in-region training in Dakar, Senegal. And following that, I was assigned to Marine Corps Forces Africa, where I was a regional planner for Northwest Africa, as well as the Humanitarian Mine Action Program Manager. It was there that I, uh, I was able to hone my language and FAO skills, if you will, uh, while conducting a lot of security cooperation planning and managing several country portfolios uh, for Marine Corps Forces Africa. Probably the best and most challenging experience of my career, considering all of my counterparts f- from the Marine Corps and from other services were all majors, lieutenant colonels, and sometimes even some colonels. After my time at Marine Corps Forces Africa, I was hand-selected by Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps, then Sergeant Major Green, to manage the Foreign Area Staff and CO program at the Pentagon. During that assignment, I was also assisting with the management of the Foreign Area Officer Program and the Personnel Exchange Program, which really is, is really interested to me, hence why I ended up uh, my Marine Corps career there and now I'm supporting the Marine Corps International First Program in a con- contractor capacity as an advisor. Wow, Ronald, that's amazing. When I think about the Marine Corps, I don't think about, you know, learning languages or traveling all over. But the FAO program sounds like it has a lot to offer. Can you please explain a little bit more about what the Foreign Area Officer Program actually is for those that aren't familiar? Yes, absolutely. So just very recently, there's a couple of documents that came out from DOD. And, you know, we always refer to to higher guidance to to kind of define what a FAO is in terms of, you know, what what we actually provide to the force. 
And as is described in this document, Theos are a joint force strategic effects operator who advances military objectives in, for, in for, foreign theaters. And the way we do that is really by learning a different language, learning a different culture, and operating in those environments so that we, when we are actually engaging allies and partners, we have a thorough understanding of all of the dynamics, the historical dynamics that happen in the respective regions. Uh, hence why it is very important to have FAO's position in these strategic regions because it helps with that, with fostering and developing new relationships with allies and partners. Yeah, it sounds like it. I definitely want to ask you a little bit more about how that contributes to the Marine Corps' Force Design 2030 initiative. But first, you know, how, how does a Marine actually become a foreign area officer? Is this something they can be selected for, you know, right out of their MOS school? Or what, what does that look like? Yeah, so there's a couple of ways that Marines can actually become FAOs. Uh, I'll go into both ways that Marines can become FAOs as well as staff NCOs. Uh, first, what we have is the study track, uh, what we call the study track method of becoming a FAO. And that, ha that happens to the career PME board selection. In the case of FAOs, is the commandants, after they get selected at the C-CLIP, FAOs will essentially go through a three-year on average training pipeline where the first year they attend Naval Postgrad School to get their master's degree in regional studies, essentially studying the region to which they they get assigned to. Following MPS, they will go to Defense Language Institute to learn one of the languages of the region. So that, that varies for Latin American countries. It's usually nine months for some of the Indo-PACOM languages. It could be up to 64 weeks. And following Defense Language Institute, they will complete one year of in-region training, and that usually happens out, out of a U.S. embassy in the region, but the Marines will use that whole year to travel around all of the regions, participating in security cooperation exercises, uh, security cooperation engagements, key leader engagements, uh, participating in Department of State engagements as well, which gives it a really good mix of all of the aspects that we would ask a political military advisor to be. And that essentially covers the training pipeline for FAOs. In the case of regional affairs officers, they also get selected through the CPIP, what we call the Commandant's Professional Intermediate Board, and it usually targets senior captains, junior majors, and their training pipeline is a little bit different. It usually involves a master's degree at Naval Postgrad School for 18 months. And the difference between FAOs and Reyes is that FAOs will go back to their primary OS to complete a tour because we're a dual track program at the moment. And Reyes will complete a immediate follow follow on assignment to to do their payback tour for the radio program and that happens right after they graduate naval postgrad school another another one of our programs is the foreign area staff and staff nco program 
and usually that those individuals also get selected through a formal method once a year. Sometimes we would select them twice uh, a year, just depending on how many uh, individuals we select on the, the specific boards. But their training pipeline is a little compressed. It's very similar to what a failed training pipeline is, but in a very com compressed timeline, just because it is a little bit of a different training pipeline with regards to utilization. So they will get selected. Some of them will go to Naval Postgrad School to get their uh, graduate certificate in regional studies. Following that, they will do a combination of language training in a very immersive environment and in region training. And immediately after their training, they will do a payback assignment just like the Reyes would do. So that kind of covers the study track method of becoming a foreign area officer, a regional affairs officer, and a foreign area staff NCO. Now, Marines also have the option of submitting the packages to Headquarters Marine Corps to be looked at through the experience track method. And essentially what this allows us to do is to look at Marines that have the experiences, whether that was through military assignments, Department of State assignments, previous assignments, uh, and, and uh, different, different experiences that they bring to the table before they join the Marine Corps to include language uh, capabilities. Uh, a lot of our, our applicants through the experience track are foreign-born, uh, U.S. citizens now, and that allows us to take in a good amount of capability already existing in the Marine Corps into the FAIR program, the Regional Affairs Officer program, as well as the Foreign Area Staff NCO program. And the way that happens is they have to meet the FAIR, RAIL, and FAS MOS requirements per the MOS manual. And if they hit each of those requirements, then essentially we hold a selection panel to make sure that they indeed meet those requirements. If that is the case, then we will select them through the experience track uh, as one of the one of the programs, FAIR, RAIL, or FAS. Ronell, it sounds like the Marine Corps invests a lot of time into these FAOs and FASs and RAOs. Can you tell me when the Marine Corps started doing this? When did they realize this was going to benefit them? If you could just give us a, a like a background, that would be amazing. Yeah, so I think there's there's definitely a a some sort of foreign area officer aspect that goes back decades decades uh, in the Marine Corps. Uh, we recently published our international affairs program newsletter. Um, it, it is on our website if you uh, if you want to take a look at it. But in there we have a piece about Colonel William Eddy. And, you know, when you read that piece, you can look back all the way to World War II where there was some sort of foreign affairs officer or foreign area officer, if you will. And Colonel Eddy kind of, kind of embodies that international relations type of guy where he did a lot of work as an attache way, way back then. 
and also as part of the Office of Strategic Services, which later became became the the CIA, if you will. Uh, I'm not quite sure with certainty when the Marine Corps established the Marine Corps, the Marine Corps FAO program specifically, but looking back a few years, it definitely developed little by little, and I'm sure leaders in the Marine Corps realized the importance of, you know, Marine attaches and international relation, relation specialists or professionals, if you will, and as time went on, they actually as DOD mandated it, the Marine Corps created a foreign area officer program, which later developed a little bit into uh, our version of what we needed for the Marine Corps with regards to foreign area officers, regional affairs officers, which is, as we mentioned earlier, has a little bit of a different objective and a little bit of a different training pipeline. Uh, what I can tell you f with certainty, though, is the Foreign Area Staff and CO program was developed, started to get developed in 2010 as part of one of Commandant, Commandant of the Marine Corps planning guidance at the time. And in 2012 is when the first batch of Foreign Area Staff NCOs uh, were selected and run through the beta test. And right around 2014 is when that program was established as a program of record for the Marine Corps. So it sounds like the FAO program does have a pretty rich history in the Marine Corps. How have you seen it implemented in the Marine Corps' Force Design 2030 initiative? Do you have any good success stories? So I think we're still trying to figure out how we plug in into some of the Force Design 2030 initiatives, but I think we can all agree that we are certainly, the Marine Corps will certainly benefit from what FAOs, RAOs, and Foreign Air Staff NCOs bring to the table, specifically when we're talking fostering relationships developing relationships with allies and partners because in this force design 2030 the ability of a foreign area officer or international affairs marine for that matter to to leverage some of those relationships they have been building since the beginning of their selection and training as a foreign area officer regional affairs officer or foreign air staff nco at this point, where they're actually engaging some of those individuals in the foreign militaries, they're, they're, they have a well-developed relationship that they can leverage to meet some of our force design initiatives and objectives. Yeah, just as, as a way of showing a little bit of how some of our FAOs have been able to support some of these initiatives, just very recently, a couple of months ago, we had one of our FAOs our Southeast Asia FAO, uh, Captain Bent, was deployed with in support of one of the exercises in the Philippines. You know, she speaks Tagalog, very proficient, has a lot of relationships in the region, and she was able to support the Marine Littoral Regiment in that deployment. You know, when we're talking about some of this force design initiatives where you're, you're, able, you're able to show up and be able to sustain yourself for a little bit, you need people that can actually engage with the local populace and be able to do the foraging, as you, if you will, until uh, you get some 
sustaining in the in, in in the coming weeks. But she was able to do that during that deployment. So she was able to engage the local community, the local businesses, the local governments, just to make sure that the engagement, the exercises, all of the security cooperation engagements were done in a way where we're not being quote unquote the ugly Americans, if you will. And all that comes from her understanding of the language, her understanding of the people, her, her understanding of the culture and the environment. And all of that comes from her background, her FAO training, her language training that culminates in a, in a very success story for the Marine Corps. Multiply this by all of the failures that we got around the world where they're supporting training and exercises for Mar Marine Forces South, for SOUCOM, Africa, Marine Corps Forces Europe and Africa. Uh, the success stories, if you will, are, are, are countless when it comes to not only Marine foreign area officers, but all, all foreign area officers in, in the DOD. Uh, I can honestly tell you, I can sit here and talk your ear out about all of the things and all of the examples that I've seen throughout my career as a foreign area staff NCO or as an international relations professional, if you will, even before I became a foreign area staff NCO, on the things that failures have done to mitigate a lot of things that could go wrong when it comes down to engagements with not only the foreign uh, partners and allies, but also with the Department of State. There's a level of understanding between DOD and DOS. And even though we speak English, sometimes we don't speak the same lingo and there, there could be a lot of misunderstanding there, there as well. And failures are able to bridge that gap in, in communication, uh, which benefits both the, the overall U.S. government efforts. Brunel, it sounds like FAOs and REOs and FAST just offer so much to the Marine Corps in the joint environment and the international sphere. And I would love to talk about how talent management plays a role in that, but it looks like we're running out of time. So, you know, to the audience, please tune in next time because we will be having another guest on from the uh, International Affairs Program to discuss talent management and future initiatives. But for now, before we go, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Yes, Cindy, I think talent management is, is a very timely, timely discussion and it's, it, it deserves a full episode. And I think our International Affairs Program Office can definitely provide a lot of feedback on that. Um, you know, I, I, it's one of the, the buzzwords around, around the Bellway, if you will, and the Marine Corps is certainly taking a hard look at how we're doing business and we could certainly discuss that topic on a, on a full episode next time. In the meantime, I would highly encourage any, any Marine, any Marine officer, any enlisted alike to, you know, learn a little more about the foreign area officer program, regional affairs officer program, as well as the foreign area staff NCO program. Uh, visit our website. We're currently soliciting, uh, applications for our foreign air staff NCOs. All of our details are on our websites and point of contacts as well. And lastly, 
Sidney, thank you for, for having me. This was uh, a great time and take care. Cornell, thanks for so much for coming on the show. It's been great learning about the FAO program. Can't wait to talk to someone else from your office. Thanks for joining us in the Trident Room. For more information about today's guest and topics, please visit the show notes. The Trident Room podcast has been brought to you by the Naval Postgraduate School Alumni Association and Foundation. For questions, comments, and suggestions, please email us at tritonroompodcasthost at nps.edu and find us online at nps.edu slash tritonroompodcast.